You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today on the show, we're doing something a little bit special, launching a new series. We are going to go through the teams that the Packers play in every game this season, assuming there is a game. Uh, We're going to go over the AFC South, which is the AFC division that the Packers face this year, and the NFC West, which is the division the Packers face this year, at least theoretically, at least assuming there is actually a season to be had. Today, that starts with the Houston Texans. And so we will have the guys on from Locked On Texans to talk about their wild offseason, the DeAndre Hopkins trade, the Brandon Cooks trade, and what's going on with Houston because it's kind of a a crazy situation there. We're going to get to that, and then we'll do the rest of the AFC this week. We'll do the NFC West next week. So 49ers, Seahawks, Rams, etc. And Sorry, that's just one team. That's disrespectful. That is rude to the Cardinals to make them, etc. The Cardinals are actually a really fun and interesting team to talk about. That will be next week, and uh, we'll continue. I've I've already started recording some of our rookie orientation series. We've already got the Josiah DeGuara one done, working on getting the A.J. Dillon one scheduled, and and there's still a lot more that I want to do in terms of discussing the draft. We'll also do that. I mean, the the A block of every show will still be some sort of timely discussion. So whenever possible, uh, we're going to have things to talk about, interesting ideas, things that come up, whether it's news or just ideas that I have or you have. So we will we will be doing that the rest of the offseason as training camp approaches. And, of course, when there is news to break on that front, we will do it. Before we get to our conversation with the guys from Locked On Texans, I want to throw out something that had been thrown out to me by someone who follows me on Twitter and someone that that I think, at least I think, listens to the show. And it is an interesting idea. What if the Packers traded for Juju Smith-Schuster? And at first you go, and this was my response, why, why would Pittsburgh do that? He's 23, he's young, he had a 1,400-yard season not that long ago, and although he has struggled to stay healthy to some degree, and maybe he's not a true top-end number one, he's a really good and really young player. be 23 this year in the last year of his rookie contract, was a 20-year-old rookie who was really good, walked into USC as a freshman at 17 making plays. But reports around the Steelers are that they're not interested in extending Juju Smith-Schuster, whether it's the money that he's going to cost or it's the risk to injury 
with the money he's going to cost. When you look around at some of the other players who have gotten similar deals, at least as guys who are going to be 1Bs in Pittsburgh, assuming that's what he is, you're talking about $16 million. And that's what Adam Thielen got in Minnesota with Diggs there. It's what Sammy Watkins got in, in Kansas City with Tyreek Hill there. So can he get the, the Mari Cooper $20 million deal? No, probably not, unless he absolutely balls out this year. Now, whether or not the Packers want to swing a trade for Juju Smith-Schuster this year, he would be someone to consider next offseason depending on how they want to allocate their money. It's a discussion worth having relative to paying Aaron Jones, Kenny Clark, David Bakhtiari. What is your appetite for adding weapons to Aaron Rodgers? And the appeal to do it now would be that not only do you get this one year of Juju, you get the option to tag him if you need it, and you get the option to negotiate. If he goes out in Pittsburgh and has a huge season where they don't have a lot of other proven targets, let's say Ben Roethlisberger is healthy enough to play the whole season, Juju gets 1,600 yards, and either Pittsburgh pays him top dollar or someone else does. Well, in Green Bay, it's probably just not an option. With Devontae Adams in the mix, with Aaron Jones in the mix, it's probably just not going to happen, so that decreases his price, making it easier for Green Bay to keep him. In the last year of his deal, what is it going to cost? Well, OBJ, that was a 1, a 3, a 5, and a player. Probably not going to cost that much because Juju's on the last year of his deal. He's up after 2020. So, you know, Hayden Hurst has two years left on his deal potentially. So it was Hayden Hurst and a four for a two. So you're netting out, you know, a low two, high three type player. Well, if the Steelers just let Juju walk and they had, they've already drafted James Washington, they drafted Deontay Johnson, and they drafted Chase Claypool in this last draft. Four straight drafts with receivers in the top 70. And it seems like they're still searching for their guy. The best season Juju had was with Antonio Brown. If they're not sold on him, would they move on from him? Okay, then what can you give up? If you're Green Bay, what is a fair asking price? I put this out to Twitter, and Packer fans were offended that I suggested Aaron Jones for Juju Smith-Schuster straight up. I actually think that's a bad deal for Pittsburgh. Not because Aaron Jones isn't a better player. I think Aaron Jones is, is certainly a more proven player. But he plays a more dispensable position and is going to cost less on the open market which means if they do make a trade and Pittsburgh gets a comp pick for him, it's going to be less than whatever the comp pick for Juju Smith-Schuster is. So that's something that would be taken into account. What is it going to take? I don't think Green Bay would trade Aaron Jones, so it's just sort of a moot point. For me, that question was more about an exercise. What length are you willing to go to as a fan to get that pass catcher for Aaron Rodgers? Now, I would do the deal. A lot of Packer fans would not. I don't think Pittsburgh would do that deal because the running back position, they just drafted someone in the fourth round. Now, they were willing to pay Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was a special situation, but they were willing to pay him. Aaron Jones is that type of versatile run-pass running back. James Conner, not really. He's also in the last year of his deal. Now, again, I don't think Green Bay would offer Jones. I think they want to try and pay Jones. The question becomes, how do you want to allocate your resources? If you could get Juju for, let's say, a two, a sixth that could become a fifth and a player, Josh Jackson, let's say, or Jamal Williams even, 
I would be much more willing to give Jamal Williams than Josh Jackson just because I think the talent there with Jackson, I would just say, okay, it's a two in Jackson or it's a three in Jackson and a fifth. That would be ideal. They're going to get the comp pick, but you get the comp pick a year early. Plus, you get a player who fits their system, and he's under contract at a cheap, reasonable deal. they got to pay T.J. Watt. they got to pay Minka Fitzpatrick. They've got money stuff, too. If you're Green Bay long-term, and the reason this is so appealing to me is Juju Smith-Schuster fits their short-term and long-term runway. You bring a guy in who right now, this year, can help you compete for a Super Bowl. I think if Green Bay were traded for Juju, and especially if they were able to keep Aaron Jones, if Green Bay trades for Juju, they become the favorite in the NFC. They become the favorite. I don't think that is talking out of school here. San Francisco has a lot of question marks. They're going to be relying on a lot of rookies and unproven players. They're expecting Jalen Hurd to make a huge leap. They need Brandon Ayuk to once again produce as a rookie. The chances of Ayuk and Debo going back-to-back as productive rookies, even just being good players, would be betting against NFL history. Javon Kinlaw is not going to be as good as DeForest Buckner in year one. Who knows what the situation is at running back? Who can stay healthy? What what is going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo post-Super Bowl? New Orleans, who knows where Drew Brees is? Physically, mentally, has fallen off at the end of the last few seasons, has blown leads in playoff games. What's the situation in New Orleans? And what's going on in Dallas? Are they ready to compete in year one with Mike McCarthy? What about the Philadelphia Eagles? Beyond that, I don't see a lot of teams coming for the Packers' crown. I think Tampa is going to be a little bit more of a mess than has been said, despite the star power. And I think the other teams in the NFC North have clearly fallen off. I think Arizona is still a year away, at least, if not two or three. And Seattle got worse. So that leaves Green Bay adding a premier playmaker to this offense, exactly the kind of thing they needed to take that proverbial next step, and they get it. Now you pay him. You have him and Devontae under contract. That gives you leverage when the Adams deal comes up. And if you do want to let Devontae Adams walk, let's say the play falls off or he gets hurt the next two years, you can let him walk and you have your future number one receiver in his physical prime for when Jordan Love takes over in 2022 or 2023. He fits your short-term and your long-term outlook, able to make an impact on your team in a significant way. All right, we're going to get to our conversation with the guys from Locked On Texans in just a second. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. This is a new kind of protein bar. And I'm sure you've tasted the ones in the past. I know I have. And they're mostly gross, right? They're gritty. They're they're unnecessarily chewy or unnecessarily soft. There's all sorts of fundamental food problems because they don't taste like food. Protein bars too often simply don't taste like food. And that's where Built Bar is different. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it's low in sugar and high in protein. It is helpful on those macros. If you're trying to do keto, we're talking about three grams sugar, three grams net carbs. They've got peanut butter brownie, mint brownie. These things are delicious. You don't even know you're having a protein bar. It's like you're having a Snickers bar, but it's actually good for you. It's not garbage in for your body. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or just anyone who wants a little extra health food that doesn't taste like health food. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off 
at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's jump right in here with our guys from Locked On Texans, John Hickman and Cody Davis. A wild offseason for them. They sign Randall Cobb. They trade DeAndre Hopkins. They add Brandon Cooks. Packer fans were wondering, should the Packers call Bill O'Brien on Deshaun Watson? That, of course, before they made the deal for Jordan Love. So let's go back in time a little bit. We hear reports that David Johnson is on the move. And then that report turns into, oh, it's David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. And then it turns out it's it's DeAndre Hopkins and picks. And, and yeah, the, the Texans did get a pick out of it as well. What was that, guys? What happened? Well, look, we're coming up, <laughs> up on, on almost a month since the trade. And I still haven't gotten over it. John still hasn't gotten over it of course the texans fan base you don't even have to be a texan fan to just still i still haven't gotten over it nobody has but at the end of the day i'm i'm trying to take the emotions out of this and look at it from in hindsight i kind of understand the trade and i say that only due to the fact that when i look at this team from a financial standpoint DeAndre Hopkins would have been the odd man out, and this would have been a situation that would have continued to linger on for the Texans, let's say for for at least the next two to three years because he wanted a new contract. You take a look at what what you take a look at where the Texans were. They were in a situation where DeAndre Hopkins wanted more money, and yes, he deserved more money. But at the same time, you had other two players you have to you have to pay. Deshaun Watson and Laramie Tunsil. You know, you know right off the bat the Texans are not going to let Deshaun Watson not get his bag. Like him and Patrick Mahomes are about to reset the market for franchise yeah. quarterbacks. So that leaves Laramie Tunsil and DeAndre Hopkins. You're looking at that from a standpoint, in a way, Bill O'Brien and the Texans, they could not let Laramie Tunsil walk out the door because Look what they gave up for him. They gave up a lot to get Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills, but the main port portion of that trade was to get Laramie Tunsil, somebody who this year, yes, he still had his problems in penalties and whatnot, but this is a guy who actually helped take our offensive line from arguably the worst in the league to, you know, you, you bring in a guy like Ty, Titus Howard. You also look at um, Nick Martin. He's actually is the core in helping this offensive line become even better in 2019 and I do believe in 2020 it's even going to get better so that that left Deshaun Watson out as the as the odd man out and you know it once again it still hurts but you look at what Bill O'Brien has done since then you look at the talent that he has brought in um a guy like Randall Cobb a guy like um Cooks Brandon Cooks he has has put the Texans in a situation where we used to have one guy who used to do everything on the field to now if everybody stay healthy, this is the this is the biggest key about if this trade will work. If everyone can stay healthy, you're looking at a team in Houston that could be a hell of a lot more dangerous than the teams that we saw last year and the year before. Because if you go back last year and especially in 2018, it was it was mainly get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins and let him go to work. Get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins and let him let him do his thing. Sometimes that made our offense kind of staggerish. Now you replaced him with a variety of guys who are talented. But once again, if they can stay healthy, it the, the Texans can actually look better. So once you take the emotions out of it, 
you 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 get an idea okay this is a move bill o'brien and the texans probably had to make now i still believe he should have gotten a goddamn first round pick out of it that would never make any sense to me but in hindsight i mean it is what it is I just wonder what it is about about Houston sports teams having offenses built around, hey, just just let this one guy cook. Yeah, I mean, there's another team in Houston that I cover. Um, you probably know them. They named the Rockets, and there's this other mm. guy named James Harden that do the exact same thing. That makes me very, very angry at times. But that's neither here or there. It's not locked on Rockets. <laughs> it's locked on Texas. That 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 takes me to a whole another level, and John as well. Can we can we talk about the receiver thing for a second? Because I mean, I want to talk about Randall Cobb and, and Brandon Cooks, but one of one of the names that you mentioned is a hot name right now with Packer fans because after the draft, Bill Barnwell over at ESPN said, "Hey, look, Kenny Stills maybe doesn't make as much sense in Houston anymore." They signed Randall Cobb. They're paying Brandon Cooks, who they traded for Will Fuller is the future number one of this offense. So why why have Kenny Stills? Why pay Kenny Stills? Maybe he's going to get cut. Maybe he could be had for a pick. What's what's the deal? Can the Packers get Kenny Stills is what I'm trying to say. Well, uh, let me say this first. You know, we picked up Will Fuller's uh, fifth-year option, which is worth a little uh, over $10 million. But I will not put future number one next to Will Fuller name uh, simply because we haven't seen that future, whatever we would want him to be, stay on the field for at least 14 games. Uh, now, in regards to Kenny Stills, with, with me bringing up the fact about Will Fuller and his health situation and him not being on the field as much as we would like, that's the biggest reason why we should keep Kenny Stills around, I believe. You know, we have Randall Cobb, who's up, who is of age, he had a very good year last year in Dallas, uh, over 800 yards. He also played alongside of Mark Cooper and a rising young talent uh, in Gallup. We mm-hmm. did bring in Brandon Cooks, who I can't wait to talk about in a little bit. And we also have uh, Kiki QT on the roster, who that may be someone who gets cut, or maybe we can find a trade partner out there. Uh, but in regards to the receiving core we have right now, I think all of these guys should really still be on the roster, with the exception of Kiki QT, because I think he got so far in the doghouse last year, and we really still don't know outside of bad route running. That was terrible last year. Uh, so much so that we used DeAndre Carter to receive more than we used Kiki QT. But nevertheless, a lot of these guys, we don't know how they're going to operate when they get more targets. And I'm all for going into this year. If we're going to have life after DeAndre Hopkins, I'm all for equality, right? I mean, this is what this is what I would like to see. But we need to make sure we have bodies available just in case one player is not doing what we would expect for him to do or would like for him to do. We still have somebody else around. Or if Will Fuller goes down, we don't know the health of Will Fuller because we, we've never been able to bank on it in the past. Or Brandon Cooks may have an injury. We know his concussion history, which has only kept him out of two games. However, we know how serious the league has gotten in the last five years about concussions. You can, you can be good and ready to play, but you're still going to miss a game or two. So I believe in having bodies when DeAndre Hopkins is no longer on this team. And that's been an issue for this team, period. Even when he was on here, the depth problem. 
Now, in regards to Brandon Cooks, I'm so excited about what he can possibly bring to Houston because of this. DeAndre, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson was first among QBs in deep ball accuracy, which is a minimum of 50% of your snaps. Prior to 2019, Brandon Cooks had zero drops on 51 straight catchable deep passes. And uh, 35 of Brandon Cooks' deep targets, uh, deep targets last year uh, were catchable in the 19th percentile, so around a 47th wide receiver. He and Deshaun Watson could be a match made in heaven mm. because we can stretch the field now. And he's not going to be with Jared Goff, who, you know, Rams, I mean, not Rams, they're no longer the Rams. Oh, they're, they're all the Rams, I'm sorry. The L.A. Rams, not the St. Louis. I still get, you know, caught up over there. But the L.A. Rams, no. You can be mad all you want to, but you know Jared Goff really isn't what you paid him for, right? I mean, there's been times where yeah. I have to – I'm watching film on him, and he's waiting for Sean McVay for a hot route or for a play change or help from the sideline. Like, he's holding – he's waiting to, for daddy to come hold his hand. You don't have to worry about that with Sean Watson. He's not a, you know, in the middle of the field, short route, short route. He is a very great deep passer. Brandon Cooks, we know, can blow the top off defense. I'd just like to thank Deshaun Watson for allowing me to drag the Bears fans mercilessly for the last few years. It just, oh my God. It just really makes me happy that I get to do that. And, and by the way, let me just say, I thought Deshaun Watson was the best player full stop in that draft in terms of prospects. I would have taken him number one over Miles Garrett. I know that makes me weird, but I was, I was, I believe Dabo when he said Deshaun Watson is Superman, he's Michael Jordan. I am all Deshaun Watson is my favorite non-Packers player in football. I love him and you guys are so lucky that you get to cover him. I love watching him play. I just wanted to say that at some point and it it there is a little bit of joy that I get to glean out of just dunking all over the Bears fans for not just taking Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson but for trading up to do it. Oh my god. It is it is one of the the true glorious Little things of my life. Yes, and four years later, you're declining his fifth-year option and going into camp with a QB battle between he and Nick Foles. <laughs> I, I said it. this the other day. Are we sure Mitch Trubisky is the sixth-best quarterback in the NFC North? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, you got four starters. You got Jordan Love. I mean, Chase Daniel, are we sure? Do we know? I mean, and I, I, I still love Chase Daniel. I really do. I, and I kind of hate he never really got a fair shot. But, oh, my gosh, Mitch is bad. Mitch is bad. But I also will say this while we're on the subject. Just a, Matt Nagy tried to do too much last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, way too much last year. Like, I think Matt thought, and I'm going to say, I'm going to give a comparison Matt Nagy last year and the year before, Sean McVay. They thought too much of their quarterbacks based off one year, based off, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody else having a remarkable season around them. So, you know, that and that defense for the Bears were remarkable. And I thought maybe maybe Nagy thought to himself, well, let me give, give my quarterback the groove to put this team over the top. I don't know. But he got caught up in trying to do too much. I mean, that very first game, was it a Sunday night or a Monday night game where, 
you know, that first drive was so atrocious because he was doing too much. You know, just a lot of crap that I, I thought, you know, you're you're what you're telling me is you're disguising the fact that you know your quarterback really isn't that good. So you have to do too much to kind of throw the team defense that you're playing off. I, I don't know, but it, it's a lot of it's a it's a trick play offense right now. I mean, that's what the Bears run. And and part of the reason is because Mitch Trubisky is not very good. But you know what's interesting is going back since Matt Nagy got hired, the Bears are one in three against the Packers. And that includes the season that the Packers went six, nine, and one, and the Bears went 12 and four because Mike Pettin has had the Bears' number. He's had Matt Nagy's number because he's tricked him into not running the ball. They've played small against the Bears every time, they play dime. And they say, hey, run the ball. We dare you to run the ball. And yet Mitch Trubisky, I think the last game they played, Mitch threw it 50 times. And the Packers were saying, please run the ball with that running back you traded up in the third round to get that you wasted picks on. Please do that. And, and Nagy was like, I'm good. So when it comes to Randall Cobb, obviously that is a name that, that people in my audience are going to know. Is he someone that that you you think is going to be a, a featured part of this offense? I mean, they paid him like he's going to be, but as you said, it's kind of hard to predict with these with, with these receivers. Brandon Cooks has an injury issue. Will Fuller has an injury issue, and Kenny Stills has never been really a primary target. So, I mean, could we be sitting here, um, you know, nine months from now or or whatever it is, and say, oh, Randall Cobb turns out he led the team in targets just because you know the teams around him guys couldn't stay healthy and and he was the most consistent part of it. Because as I look at the roster, that that doesn't seem crazy to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, buddy. No, you go ahead, John. I think that's a possibility. Now we did draft a young receiver in the uh, in the draft. Was it the fifth round? Yeah, fifth round. What's that feel like? Uh, well, we will see the fifth drafting round. Drafting a receiver, a receiver. Could, could, yeah, couldn't couldn't be couldn't be me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! In the fifth round, we picked up Isaiah Coulter out of Rhode Island. Uh, and I think he's going to be a very promising rookie. But when we do look at the landscape of this receiver depth, that's a strong possibility. And if that's the case, then I think the Texas office would fail them. If Randall Cobb has come out at the last of the 17 games now with the most targets, the most wide receiver production as a slot receiver, I think the Texas offense would be pretty bad. All right, so so big picture here as we as we try and push this forward a little bit because these are these are two teams that I think a lot of people are still going to be pretty you know they didn't they didn't have great off seasons I don't think anyone thinks that about either the Texans or the Packers but I still think these are two teams who are going to compete in their respective conferences so just give me your thirty thousand foot view on where you see this team in twenty twenty are they a, a real AFC contender at this point because the AFC is wide open. Um, as of right now, once again, the main thing that's going to work for the Texans when it comes to if they are able to succeed in 2020 is health. Because if David Johnson can at least give you half of what he gave you in 2016, and once again for the 101 time, if Will Fuller can stay healthy, you're talking about a team that's more dangerous than we have seen over the last couple of seasons. And now you factor in the the point that Deshaun Watson is going to come back even better. If they can stay healthy, 
I feel they're going to be right underneath the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. And I only say that due to the fact you got a guy in Deshaun Watson. He has multiple weapons. This is a guy who can create something out of nothing. You even mentioned it earlier, Peter, when you said um, the fact that you have a guy like Will Fuller, you know, he can he 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 is so much of a threat that can open up guys like um that can open up Randall Cobbs and also the same for Brandon Cooks, who I believe might be the Texans top target this year. It the Texans have so many so many ways they can attack. I will say they're gonna they're gonna fall third in the AFC, right behind the the Chiefs and the Ravens, if they can stay healthy. There's an old Bill Simmons bit about I remember it was Matthew Stafford, and he said that his name should just be Matthew Stafford if he can stay healthy, because that was always the thing. And I, so basically what you're saying is that we should this year should be the Houston Texans if they can stay healthy, because that that seems to be the caveat. That is going to be the perfect theme going into 2020. If they can, you might as well just change the Houston if they can stay healthy. Because I'm telling you, <laughs> if they can stay healthy, this team is going to be dangerous. But if if we go through another year of Will Fuller's not on the field, of course, David Johnson, it's, it's going to be bad. Before we finish up here, I want to let you know that if you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do it than with the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventures across the globe, the Army is where you can make all of that happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? And text ALPL to 462-769 to find out. That's ALPL to 462-769 to find out. All right, I want to thank the Texans guys for coming on the show. Great conversation. Always fun to talk to them. Uh, really am happy about Deshaun Watson in Houston versus Chicago because it would have made it a lot harder for me to, to cheer for Deshaun Watson, who I, again, absolutely love. We're going to finish up the AFC South the rest of the week. And you might not even know when I when I have a baby because we're still going to have shows. We're still going to be putting out content. I'm working on making sure that you will not miss a beat and that I can handle my responsibilities as they come up as well. So we're going to get all of that done in the coming days and weeks. Make sure you're following along by subscribing to the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow me on Twitter. Please go do that. At Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Some of you have been hitting me up on Instagram. At Peter underscore Bukowski there as well. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.